The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. And sometimes the amount of stories that make their way to us means that we simply can't cover everything that comes our way. But from time to time, a story just stays with me, and I feel compelled to share it with you and give you my thoughts. And now, one more thing. So this is part two of our conversation with Ami Horwitz, who has been extremely helpful in helping us make heads or tails of the conflict in Palestine, the Israel-Hamas war to be specific. And where we are picking up is part of the conversation where we are really examining the true cost of war, specifically the human cost. So when we were uh, toward the end of our last segment, you were mentioning that on one side, Hamas was specifically targeting children and and the most vulnerable. I'll I'll make it more general because I, I, I know what you mean about Hamas tactics, right? They are targeting Israeli, the Israel, Israeli people most likely to elicit an emotional response, right? Children, women, et cetera. Um, and that Israel's response just so happens to include children because that there's a lot of young people in, in Palestine and it is just collateral damage. And I don't believe that you were trying to be callous. You don't strike me as that sort of a person. Um, but generally speaking, the the people that are representing Israel, the, in the media at least, have been doing their best to try to get folks to look at a bigger picture other than the children whose body parts are being picked from the rubble, right? Um, and for many people, myself included, that is a very, 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 very big ask, right? So where I want to push back is, 
Let me let me paint a picture for you, Ami. Yeah. I am a man. There's no question about it, right? What I mean when I say that is that I live my life knowing that at any moment it could be my last. What I mean when I say that is that as the man in my family, the man to my little sisters, I'm their brother, the man to my children, the man to my, when my grandmother was still alive, when, you know, these, these people, if someone should disrespect my home, my family, my sisters, my children, I stay ready to defend these people with my life, if necessary, at a moment's notice, which means that a constant companion in terms of my identity, the way that I view myself, is that death, as grim as this sounds, I have to be very comfortable with that. In other words, I choose to live a good life and hope for a good death because that's the best deal anybody's going to get. And as a man, I realize that death is a lot closer to me than it is for most people, and rightfully so, right? The reason I say this is because when you think of a soldier, the platonic ideal of a soldier, someone who's fighting, fighting a war, I'm sure that your brain projects the image of a man, right? It is our nature to be protectors, to be the fighters, to be the aggressors when it comes to things like this. And if we are saying that soldiers are paying the cost for this war, if we're saying that Israel has soldiers that they could send in and, and they have intelligence that would allow them to be strategic and they have tanks and they can be even more precise and on and on and on. But we're going to bomb this place. And then we turn a blind eye to the fact that, again, on the Palestinian side of things, people are plucking children's body parts out of the rubble. Let me say it one more way. If Hamas somehow was hiding in Israel, just in, a, in, a, in an alternate universe, if Hamas was in Israel and there was a secret network of tunnels, would bombs be used on Israeli soil? 25,000 was the number. In the same way, that they are used in Palestine. And if not, how does it hit you when these things, when there are attempts to justify these things at the cost of human beings who are not soldiers, indeed children, indeed the ones who are meant to elicit the emotional response. In other words, we have to respect the hand that Hamas is playing. Respect is not the right word. I mean, I take that back. But we have to acknowledge the hand that Hamas is playing because indeed it seems like Israel is playing right into it. And and respect is not the right word. I I, I really don't want to say that. No, 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 I, know, I, know, I, know, I know exactly what you mean. Thank you, no, man. No, look, I, it's I said hard to I, say it. Don't, don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to play word games with me. I, okay. I, when you I say appreciate like, that. I know, I know your soul. I know what you mean. Don't worry about it. Thank you. Thank look, you. I told you, it's a macabre game they're playing and they're playing it brilliantly. Mm. Um, look, sometimes you know you're walking into a trap 
but you, you've been put into a box and you have no choice. You have to walk in the trap. It's the exact situation Israel found itself, it's found itself in. They knew the trap. They're not stupid. They've been through this game before with Hamas. They knew they were walking into a Hamas trap. I don't, I don't mean a trap, uh, a physical trap against soldiers. Although yeah, no, I know. Trap, I know what you're saying. Right? Um, and, and they were right. And they won the narrative, oddly. Despite the fact, it's amazing to think that the, uh, the, these 1,400, um, 1,400 Israelis were killed in the most brutal and bizarre way possible, that the narrative was lost within 48 hours, maybe let's say, let's say a week. Um, Hamas was able to take that narrative back by doing what we said, by putting their civilians in harm's way in order to, 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 the body parts you're seeing of those children, as difficult it is to even say those things, the, the words are hard to even say because it's so horrific. The responsibility of that lies on Hamas. Not only for starting the war, forget that part, right? That's obviously one part of the equation. But by putting them in harm's way specifically for to have their deaths, I'm not sure what is what people would have Israel do. I'm not sure what the alternative is. If you're saying that the alternative is, hey, they should have just moved in with soldiers immediately, um, sure, one could argue that, but the reason why they didn't, and they did bombing first, was because the Israeli army would have walked into true physical traps and they would have been wiped. They would have been wiped out. Everything was set up, the, the, the traps were set up so that every single soldier entering would not be able to leave. Because the infrastructure, again, I won't go back to that word, the infrastructure was created for that exact purpose. Mm -hmm. To A, inflict as much civilian uh, casualties in Israel as possible, and of course, to kill as many soldiers entering Gaza as possible. It wasn't feasible just enter Gaza with, with tanks and soldiers. They would have been wiped out. Because the thing, they've been setting this up, this trap up for years. They had to take out, again, that word infrastructure. Because infrastructure sounds benign, it's not, right? This is all part of the, 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 the industrial complex of a military or terrorist in this case. Um, again, it doesn't deny in any way the humanity of the people who were killed and the pain that everybody Look, I don't want to admit, the, the Palestinians are suffering it more than the Israelis, but the Israelis also, you know, Golda Meir, the Prime Minister of Israel, she said something, uh, one of her quotes was, um, there are a lot of things I'll forgive the Palestinians for. One thing I will never forgive them for is making our kids into killers. Because that's not the Jewish way. It never has been. But there are times when you have to. There are times to kill. I know it sounds. Nope, you're talking harsh. to the right one. I, I I respect that. You heard what I said. I'm a man. No. I I ra I'm raising Correct. two men. I, I respect Correct. that. But and, let me offer you this. Yeah. Just as something to chew on, you don't need to uh, offer response unless you feel uh, is appropriate. Please, by all means. But I am a human male. I have a body that is infused with testosterone. I am physically stronger than perhaps individuals who maybe they have less in the way of testosterone. This is a function of my biology. I'm not trying to say anything more than that. Um, if I'm interacting with an individual who has less in the way of testosterone, a child or a human female, and this individual slaps me across my face 
the disrespect that I would feel in that moment would be wild, right? Um, the pain I would feel would be something that would resonate, absolutely, right? It'd be something I would remember. I would now understand how to deal with that, um, with that individual. But for me to then pull out a baseball bat and swing it at that person's head with all my might <laughs> and do it repeatedly, that might not be the appropriate response to um, that, despite me maybe not wanting it to happen again or to make sure that overwhelming for, you know what I mean? And I, that that is not a fair parallel. And again, I want to make sure that our listeners know that you are not on the hook for any decisions on behalf of the state of Israel, nor are you culpable for anything on the ground in Israel. You are here simply to help us have some perspective, which I appreciate. You are my brother. You will be my brother when we hang up, when we when we don't talk anymore, when we, you know, you will be my brother at the end of my life, wherever I go. Our common creator, I believe, will show us both to the same final place, okay? Um, but at present, you are my best and my only aperture into what it feels like to feel defended by the state of Israel and, and, and how to make sense and how to reconcile, how to sleep with these things. I'm not saying that's easy, but um, it's important for me to say these things because the way that I'm asking these questions or, or kind of suggesting these scenarios, again, it's not fair, but there are people who would argue all kinds of parallels. And to get your thoughts kind of helps us maybe find this is tough, Ami, man. This, this, all the years I've been doing this, man, this is the thing that's the furthest away from me. And I feel so helpless about it. I used to think there were two sides of the story, like everybody else. Now I realize there's four sides. There's the Israeli government, there's the Hamas, and then there's Palestinian people, and then there's the Jewish people, right? And, and having that nuance certainly helps. But again, that scenario that I painted, you know, someone slaps me across my face and I hit him with a bat. Maybe if, if you have a reaction, great. If not, just sit with it. But I wanted to it's, make sure that I say that. It's not, look, it's not a good, um, it's not a good example. Because it's not fair. Not, I know. We're, we're, we're not, we weren't hit by kids, right? Uh, we were hit by uh, full grown adults who knew exactly what they were doing and their intention was and it continues to be to eradicate you. It, so the, the, it, the analogy is better that if somebody came up to you and tried to, tried to kill you, right? Um, he inflicted a significant wound on you, a grievous wound, but not enough to kill you. Um, what would your response be to that? Knowing that this guy has every intention to kill you again, that knife is still in his hands. What is your response going to be then? So, so I don't think your response would be like, Hey, let me make sure we're, I, I, I cut you the exact same way you cut me. The response would be, I want to take you out of commission. And if you're killed by it, so be it. Okay. So, so here's, here's something that black people in this country in particular have wrestled with. There's nobody in the world who would suggest that the might of the Palestinian military is equal or even comparable to the might of the Israeli Which military. Is yeah, that's that, that's not a real thing. Israel really has it going on when it comes to the military. That like our police officers go there to train, right? Yeah. Um they got that down to a science. 
And rightfully so, because Israel should never be a victim. There are so few Jewish people, precious Jewish people. When I found that out, because I live in an environment where there's, they're plentiful. This is a community, right? When I found out that globally the numbers were so small, you know how and heartbreaking that is? And there's 1,400 less of us now. So, so you understand what I'm trying to say here. Um, so the military should be that way, right? Yeah. But apples to apples, Palestinian forces, that's not the same. And Palestinian people, the human beings, Hamas, full well, may have it in their creed and in their doctrine, or I forgot what word you used, but their charter or something? Charter, yeah. yeah. To eradicate Jews. And I know that Jewish people are more precious and more valuable to this world than whatever Hamas is, right? I know that full well. I'm sure most people know that. Um, so that's a very simple decision to make, right? But when you have a response that is so overwhelming, it, it does, it does kind of call a, a scenario like the one that I posited into people's minds, I believe, because of the, again, the, the, the extra, that, that extra element, that extra aggression, that extra stamp when you're stamping out this type of terrorism comes at a civilian cost. And, you know, there are many people who says that it just, it's collective punishment. And as you know, collective punishment is a war crime. I did not vote for Donald Trump. If Donald Trump compelled me to go to war or co compelled this country to go to war and I ended up under a building dead holding my son or something crazy like that, it would be unfair and unkind for people to say that this is just the cost of, you know, this one individual and his administration's war when there is the potential to be perhaps more surgical in, in one's response given the military might and the military intelligence. And so I think this is kind of where the frustration comes into play. Again, I will always and forever stand with the human beings that I know. I've hugged these people. They've invited me into their homes, Jewish people, yarmulkes on their head, sang songs with me, invited me to go and, and worship with them. My lived experience, this person that you're seeing right here, personal, right? I would never turn my back there. You deserve to feel safe. You, Ami, you deserve to feel safe. Your mom, I prayed for your mom last night. I did. But it's hard for me, a person who feels these things, to be like, well, you know what? That's it. All right. So, yeah, you know, sometimes some other people got to die because, you know, whatever, whatever. It It just feels frustrating, man. And so forgive me for... You know, I, I did want to ask you about the West Bank and all that sort of stuff, but um, and uh, feel, feel free to respond, man. Go ahead, please. Look again, it, it's um, th this this. First of all, I, I don't I don't believe that what Israel is, is doing. In fact, most legal experts uh, do not believe what they're doing both constitutes collective punishment or a war crime. And I've, I've looked into a lot of the legalities of this. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get to the, legality, the, the issues of proportionality, but it all falls within, I know it doesn't sound like it, but it does all fall within the legal justification of proportionality. Proportion, proportionality is not, you kill 
5,000 of my people, then I can kill 5,000 of your people. That's not what legality of proportionality means. Because if it did, what Israel would do was Israel would go into Gaza, it would take a woman, it would rape her, and then take her baby out of her arm while she's alive and put the baby in the oven and turn the oven on while she was watching as you are raping her. That would be proportionality based on that. That's not what Israel does. right? Israel does not behave the way the other side behaves. The other side behaves like animals, and we don't do that. Now, when you say other side, I want to be very clear that you're referring to Hamas. the Hamas soldiers Hamas. specifically. Okay. Correct. No, not just the soldiers, but the entire Hamas government, everybody involved in government. Hamas. Government, okay, that's the not Hamas. Not just the people involved. Everybody I, I, involved yeah, in Hamas. You, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Uh, not just the people who, 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 who conducted it, but everything behind it. That, mm -hmm. that, sure, that, I know what you mean. I just didn't, I didn't want to conflate Hamas with Palestinian people. Correct. Yeah. Okay, that would be proportionality based on how a lot of people are saying proportionality, right? But that's not really what proportionality is. Proportionality is, is, is like this, is that when you're about to hit a target and you know the target has civilians there, you have to weigh the military benefit and what that, what that, if stopping that military, destroying that military infrastructure, what the cost would be to your people if you didn't destroy it relative to the amount of people you know will probably die. Now keep in mind that Israel doesn't just bomb a building that they know has terrorists and terrorist infrastructure, with that calculation, they actually go out of their way. They lose strategic advantage by telling the people in the building, you got to go. Okay? Again, with all these neighborhoods being raised, you don't have 100,000 people dead or a million people, which you would have among every other army in the world. No other army in the world lets them know, you got to go. Giving the, the Hamas terrorists an advantage also knowing that we got to move our stuff out or we got to leave also. Knowing that that's the cost, they still go out of their way to lose strategic advantage by letting everyone know you got to leave. Now, if you don't leave and you die, it's terrible, but that's just, again, I know cost of war sounds callous, but it's, there's a reason why that term exists. War, people die in war in horrific ways sometimes, as we were seeing in, in Gaza. But ultimately, from the moral perspective, you have to weigh two things. You have to weigh why you're waging that war. In this case, the war is being waged because of the atrocities that we saw on October 7th. And secondly, how one conducts themselves when they're waging war. And I would argue to you that if Hamas had the same military power and might that Israel had, Israel would not exist today. It only exists because they, they would... It, they would, we don't use our, our, the, the Israeli army does not use its army to destroy people. Otherwise, they'd be destroyed. Hamas would, tomorrow, wipe out the state of Israel. And so Israel, I think you have to, again, you have to look at two, two things. Why you're waging the war, how you wage it. And I think that ultimately, even though you, when you get beyond the horrific images of these children being killed, and you look at it, ultimately, with, 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 when the fog of war is gone, one will con will conclude that Israel waged this war in the most moral way possible. Now I say possible because, of course, nothing is, and of course, there, I'm sure there are some people who did terrible things. But ultimately, when you look at the numbers and you look at the way it waged war, one would look at it in a dispassionate way and say that they they waged the war in a very moral way. I'll add one more thing before we, we end this thing. I went to a lot of rallies, right, from both sides. I filmed them, I talked to them. I want to say that when people say that when you go to these rallies, you see 
people not supporting Hamas, but supporting the Palestinian people, I, I would push back on that. Um, when I go to a rally and I hear the same chant, there's one chant you hear during a rally. And the chant is, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. What does that mean? The river is the Jordan River, and the sea on, uh, is on, on the west side of, of, of Israel. And between those two things lies the Jewish state. They are calling, these people who are rallying for, I argue for Hamas, when they are for Palestine, every single you hear is that chant. It's a genocidal chant. And this is the problem that we're dealing with. This is why anti-Semitism is, is exploded across the, the world, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not, I'm gonna tell you something, I'm gonna tease something that I, and I haven't, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but this is a video I just, I just came back today. I'm sorry, last night from San Francisco. I went to San Francisco State University. Do you know what I did? What's that? I had hidden cameras. And I asked students at, at, at SFSU. I said, I want to raise money to kill Jews. You know what happened? People gave me money. I said, I want to travel around the, the world blowing up Jewish schools and Jewish hospitals. I need money for that. And you'll see this video. It's going to blow your way. This is where we're at. Because there's a, when people say that, that the Israel is, is, is the Jews, Israel is trying to kill as many Palestinian civilians as possible. That, that statement makes people think, oh, then we have to, we have to, there's no limit to what we should be able to do. It's bad. It's very, 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 very bad. I, I wanted to leave it with something uplifting, but that was pretty, that was pretty freaking down. <laughs> Listen, man, uh, that's, they, they can't all be, you know, happy conversations. Sometimes they're challenging. We're going to do, we're going to find a happy conversation. You and I are going to find man, a Listen, One of our conversations on. is going to be happy. Yeah, man. We, we deserve that, especially now. But listen, if I have to have a challenging conversation, there's nobody I'd rather have a challenging conversation with, man. Um, I do want to say this. Do. Thank you, man. I, I do want to say this. There's a lot of context that we're both leaving out of this conversation. Um, just, but for the sake of making sure that we can have something that people can consume, um, I, I, I think that right here is a good place to leave it. Um, again, I wanted to talk about, uh, the goings on in the West Bank. I wanted to talk more about the treatment of the Palestinian people by the Israeli government. I wanted to talk about um, how Israel, some of the things that Israel has used that have been determined to be propaganda, um, some of the things said on and off the record by Israeli government officials that have indeed upset Israelis, Jewish Jewish people on the ground in Israel with respect to their view of the Palestinian people and so forth. And, and like you said, um, you know, how a lot of times a genuine statement can be either rightfully interpreted or perhaps misinterpreted as a statement of anti-Semitism. All of those things deserve full on conversations on their own. Um, and I, I hope that we don't let too much time pass before we get back on and have another conversation. I would love to have you on Civic Cipher as well, because again, I've had Suzanne Aslam on that show and I, I haven't had you on that show to talk about it. I've just kind of 
parroted some of your talking points there, but you are a more eloquent and profound speaker. And obviously you have the lived experience being on the ground with Hamas, being on the ground Israel in Israel, a place I've never been to. And of course, the perspective of being a Jewish man who has the right to stand up for his people and has the right to feel safe. And your mom too. And so these are things that I hope that if it's not too big of an ask and once, you know, you you find yourself in a in a pleasant space emotionally and you can articulate those things. I'd love to have you back on this show and of course on Civic Cipher. Um, but we'll leave this one right here, man. Thank you as always for for coming on and um helping us again make sense of it. I I I love you. I'm always going to say that. You are my brother, you are my friend. Um, and I, I think that some of the most challenging and indeed some of the most insightful content that I make. Uh, with respect to this war is with you. So, um, you know, I can't thank you enough. I know this is a, <laughs> a deep dig for both of us, but, you know, again, I, when I'd rather, rather do this with. All right, bud. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. Well, if you have anything that you want to contribute to the conversation, of course, you can use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app, or you can reach out to me at Ramses Ja on all social media. Ami, go ahead and plug your social media before you go. Yeah, just Ami Horowitz at all the regular socials. There you go. All right. So we'll talk soon, okay? Pleasure. All right, brother. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.